flow from the top to the bottom. It will get to the pit in their stomachs. It will get to the hidden places. But most of all, it get into their heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to open up with Judah. They're going to sing some praise and worship. After Judah, we'll have a welcome by Gloria Burgess. After Gloria Burgess, we will have a praise dance by Siobhan Murphy. Amen. No difference what you're going through. You're gonna make it. God's gonna see you through. Hold your head up, put a smile on your face. This is only a test, it won't last always. Get ready, get ready. For your blessing, your blessing. Get ready, get ready. For your miracle, For your miracle. Your blessing, get ready, get ready for your miracle. For your miracle. I know you've been hurting deep down inside. I'm here to encourage you. It's gonna be alright. Troubles and trials come to make you strong. You keep on believing. You keep holding on. Get ready, get ready. Your blessing. Your blessing, get ready, get ready for your miracle. For your miracle. Get ready, get ready. Your blessing, your blessing, get ready, get ready for your miracle. Your miracle. Are y'all ready? Are you really ready now? Because it's a head thing and then a heart thing. Woo. Glory. We got to see it, and then we got to receive it. Woo! Makes no difference what we're going through. We're going to make it. God's going to see us through. Hold your head up. Put a smile on your face. This is only a test. It won't last always. Get ready. Get ready. For your blessing. For your blessing. Get ready. Get ready. For your miracle. For your miracle. Get ready. Get ready. For your blessing. For your blessing. Get ready. Get ready. For your miracle. For your miracle. God's got a blessing. Ooh. My God's got a blessing. Glory. Do y'all know he's got a blessing? Yes. Glory. Woo. 
God's got a blessing. 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 Your name on your name on it. God's got a blessing. 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 Your name on 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 your name. yourself writing your name on you know how when you get a benefits package and they make you sign off on it we're gonna sign off on it whatever you need on this morning we're gonna sign off on it do you see yourself god's got a blessing 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 your name on your name on it god's got a blessing God's got a blessing. 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 Your name on 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 your God's already turned it around. It's going to work in your favor. I know. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. Tell yourself, say self. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. I know. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. It's a new season. It's a new day. Fresh anointing is flowing our way. A new day of power and prosperity. It's not just a season, it's already on me. It's a new season, it's a new day. Fresh anointing is flowing my way. A new day of power and prosperity. But it's not it's just not a season. It's already on me.
God's got a blessing. I know our God's got a blessing. Woo! God's got a blessing. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you know it's your season for real? Hallelujah! Oh, come on, you can do better than that. How many of you know that it is your season for real? I don't know about you, Apostle, but I know it's my season. Yes! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Glory! Thank you, Jesus. This is your season for grace and favor. This is my season to reap what I have sown. This is my season for grace, amen, and favor. This is my season to reap what I have sown. You know what? Check this out. I have not been perfect. How about you? But my God has been faithful. Yeah. See, God's got a purpose. Yeah. And I know he's able. I've got a in the ground that is blessing no more stressing I've got a seed in the ground and it's showing now it's flowing this is our season yes. for grace and favor yes it is this is my Season. This is my season for grace. Pick it up a little bit. And favor. Yes, it is. And yes, it this is. is my season. Yes. To reap what I have sown. I'm going to say that one more time. Yeah. I have not been perfect. But I know my, know, I know my God is faithful, yeah. See, God's got a purpose. And I know, no, no, he's able. I've got a seed in the ground that he's blessing. No more stressing. I've got a seed in the ground and it's showing this is my season for grace. Yes, it is. And favor. Yes, it is my season. This is my season to reap what I have sown. I'm going to reap what I have sown for grace and favor. Yes, it is. This is my season. 
season to reap what I have sown. Everything, everything is working together for my good. It's working. Everything is working. Work, work, work. Together. Yes, it is. For my For my good, everything is working yeah, yeah, together yeah. for my good. How many you know it's good? It's good. It's good. It's good, y'all. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's working for my you but recently I've been experiencing God in a new way on a new level because my God has been moving in my direction has he been moving in your direction I see I can't get no help out there Judah has he been moving in your direction in my direction He 
Praise the Lord, everybody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We do welcome you to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries for our Prosperity 2017 Prosperity Conference, Living the Abundant Life. And we pray that you would get everything that God predestined you to have on today through this prosperity conference. And we give God glory that you will feel welcome in the name of Jesus. And we love you with the love of God. Never seen the righteous forsaken. 
on, say everything I need. Everything I need. Everything I need. Everything I need. He's already provided. Everything we need, he has already provided. All we have to do is tap in and believe and have faith enough to believe that he is our savior, our provider. Everything we need is in him, in Jesus' name. Next, we're going to have the spoken word by Apostle Amanda Walker Bryant. She is the pastor of Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. She has been called into the fivefold. She's a pastor that's after God's own heart. God speaks through her. She receives the word. She takes the word just for what it is. So sit back, open your heart, have an open mind, and prepare yourself for the food that God has for you on this day. Amen. Come on, give him some glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many is ready to get everything that you already have? Amen. Father God, we just thank you and we just praise you on today. We thank you for allowing us to come together, God, for this prosperity conference. And we thank you, Father God, for the word that's going to go forth, Father God, in demonstration and in power. We thank you that the hearts of the people are open to receive this word on today. And Father, I thank you for my helper and my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being here to walk alongside of me, to teach your people. And as I open my mouth, I thank you for speaking for me and speaking through me in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Prayerfully, I'll try not to be long, but I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to talk about living an abundant life, and I'll be going over a lot of scripture. So if you can't get them, get a CD. If you can't get them, it's um, playing on live, so you can go back to our um, live and um, look at it over again. But what we want to talk about is living this abundant life. Now, the abundant life that we live, it is through Jesus Christ. So if you have accepted him as your Lord and as your Savior, you already have everything that you need. And the problem is we as Christians, we're going out trying to get stuff that's already been provided through, for us through Jesus Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. We know that if we're in this world that we need money in order to take care of different things. But God will show us what to do and how to do it if we trust him. So this is where I want to start. The first thing I want you to know on this morning is God wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper. It is his will that you prosper. Now let's look at Psalms 35, 27. Psalms 35, 27. And it says, 
Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which have pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Let me say it again. Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his um, servant. That means that God delights in us being prosperous. And this is what was happening in this psalm. We have to understand what was going on with David at this time in Psalms 35 first. In Psalms 35, David was going through. He was going through because of Saul. And he had enemies on every side, especially Saul. Saul wanted to kill David. And David did not understand that, you know, Saul wanted to come after him and kill him. But he, he's the type of person that he began to pray for people when they're down and out. So he was talking to the Lord about his situation. And about at the end of that psalm, he began to say that the Lord um, delights in the prosperity of his servant. So David had to remind himself and those that were on David's side. He said, even though I'm going through what I'm going through, even though the enemy is coming at me, God want his servant to be prosperous. Now, we have to understand what prosperity is. Some people think prosperity is about having material things. Some people think prosperity is about having money. That is part of it, but that's not what God is talking about in this song through David. Prosperity means shalom. It means peace. It means longevity. It means safety. It means healing. All of that is wrapped up in prosperity. So when God wants you to be prosperous, he wants you to be healed. He wants you to be in safety. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to be delivered. He wants you to be complete. That means whole in him in every area of your life. It's not only in your pocketbook. So if you're just looking at what you have, the money you have, you're not really living a prosperous life because how can you have money and your body is going through? How can you have money and you're not at peace? Come on, some of us in this room have had money. We haven't had a problem in that area, but we're not happy in our marriage. We're not happy on our job. We're not happy with the things that we have. We can never be satisfied. That's not how God want it to be for his people for the ones that have accepted him and actually God made this way for all of us to be prosperous even before we accepted him God made a way for us through his son Jesus Christ so remember prosperity is completeness is soundness is wholeness is safety is welfare is peace is healing is all of this so don't let people tell you that you are not prosperous because you're not a millionaire you got some people that are millionaires, like I said, they're not happy. They're sick. They're trying to get money to try to heal them, and they already have a healer, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? So Psalms 35, 27 is letting you know that God delights in the prosperity of his servant. Now, I'm going to give you a testimony, first of all, about me before I go into the Bible, because I believe that whoever is teaching you should have um, experience this prosperity all the way around amen because we don't want to get up here and say things that we haven't trusted God for ourselves. the thing with this ministry is we walk by faith and not by sight that means I don't go on what I see to say that you know it's not going to be because we know that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen if God said I believe it 
I don't have to see it in the natural to say it's not so. And see, that's how God wants his people to walk. You don't wait on something to happen. You know that it's already happened even before you see it in the natural. That's walking in prosperity. That's walking, that's living that abundant life through Jesus Christ. So personally with me, when I started out in ministry, some people already in here know I started out in my home. Because I knew that God had a call on my life and the thing that, things that I went through in my life with depression, I said, Lord, if there's anybody I can help, Lord, send them my way. And which God did, but I had to go through a process of getting to know God for myself, um, dealing with um, peace, dealing with um, having a sound mind, dealing with help, dealing with all of it. So I never thought I would have to go through all of that. But how many know just because you saved, that does not mean that you're not going to go through something. Some people think, well, I'm saved. Why am I going through this? Sometimes things happen in your life to make you stronger, to bring you out as a better individual so you can help somebody else. Now, salvation ain't um, really about you. It's about what Jesus done for you, and that's to help you help somebody besides yourself. See, God didn't get me this far just for me to keep it to myself. Some of us are keeping our testimonies to ourselves because we're ashamed. But if you know what God has done for you, then you're willing to help somebody else so they can get through it themselves. So after I got over this depression and it was steps in getting over it, God was teaching me how to um, live this abundant life. And living this abundant life means, y'all, through the depression, I, I lost my position, which, that's another story. I ain't going to go through all of that. But I was director at a hospital at Pender Memorial, and I had climbed up the ladder, and this was through the grace of God. And I got up there being a director. I was over um, several departments, and as I was over those departments, I was saved. I was trying to please man. How many know when you're trying to please man, you take focus off of who you're supposed to be pleasing. So I'm trying to get it right for man to keep my job. So I'm doing all of this, doing all that, still praying, still seeking the Lord, still knowing that there was a call on my life. But I was putting this before I was putting God, even though I was saved. So in that process, um, I got to the point that I said, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to please man. And the thing that God will do that he will show you, y'all, at the hospital, we had a woman, which Jennifer Porter knows, she had these degrees and she was way up there in title. She was the CFO, right? CFO. So they got rid of her. And when they got rid of her at the time, we had a goal. We had to bring in 700 and some thousand a month at the hospital in the business office. And she told me when I got the position, she said, if you bring in 800 and some thousand, which I've been trying to get forever, I'll dance naked on the roof. Now, how many of you know that we have a risen Savior? So I knew who I served, and I knew what could be accomplished. So we got in 800 and some thousand a month. So we were achieving what we need to achieve, but they didn't want me in that seat because they were saying, I had 10 years of experience, but they say, you don't have a college degree. So I, I could walk through the place and do everything that needed to be done, but that just wasn't enough. But guess what I have learned? If that's not the plan that God has for you, then you have to walk according to what God, you know, have you to do. So I'm saying, okay, God, I'm getting in the money. I'm doing this. And through all of that, I'm going through depression. 
I'm going through different challenges in my life, but I didn't give up. Long story short, they called me in the office and they told me that they were going to demote me. And this is what back then in, was it the 90s, 2000, something like that. Um, back then, the salary was up to 26000 a year. They dropped me down to fifteen, close to 14000 So half of my paycheck was cut in half. And they said that we're going to move you because we want somebody with a degree. They couldn't find nothing else on me because my work was good. So I sat there, and the man looked at me. He said, you're not upset? I said, no, because I already made up my mind. I'd rather have peace. This is what I'm talking about, y'all. Peace, which comes through uh, shalom. I said, I'd rather have the peace than to deal with the aggravation. So I got demoted, and my thing was I was going to stay home and not be bothered no more. But this is what God does, and I'm getting to the point. When I made up my mind to stay home and not deal with the frustration, not deal with man no more, but just stay home, God sent three people to let me know you got to go back. So I went back for two years, y'all. In those two years, God was raising me up to trust him. Now, I want to tell you this. When you get climbing a corporate ladder, you obtain things based on your income, right? So me and my husband at that time had three cars, with payments, had a house, had all of these things that we had accumulated based on my salary and based on his. So you know when your salary get cut in half, all of these things, you know, something's going to get left out. And then you're sitting up here with one child and after that got pregnant with another. So you know we need a risen Savior, right? So at that time, God was showing me about prosperity and I didn't know it and the first thing that God let me know I want you to trust me now when I got my first check and I looked at the check only thing I can do was hold it up to heaven and say God I thank you for what I have that was the first process of thanking God for what I have to live this abundant life so he was showing us how to use what we had but then he would have us to do things that we didn't want to do. Y'all know you have those piggy banks and they're full of pennies and you get broke and disgusted and busted and you're just like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I told my husband, I said, you need to take this piggy bank and you need to take it to the bank and get the money off these pennies. He told me, why do I have to take it? I said, because you're the man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm full of pride. He's full of pride. But he, we were willing to do what we had to do. We counting pennies and stuff. And don't get me wrong. I could have went to my daddy. I could have went to family. But God said no. He said, this is the time I want you to trust me and know that I'm going to take care of you. See, dealing, living a prosperous life, you got to know whom you serve, y'all. Sometimes we say we know whom we serve. You know, because we're saved, but when we get in situations, guess what we end up doing? Forgetting about God, and we're trying to find a solution. We're trying to find a way to get out of it. So even through me trying to find a way, God was teaching me through his word. So I'm here to teach you, to let you know, it's not about accumulating things. It's not about riding in nice things or having big houses or having nice clothes and having shoes and having everything everybody else have. It's about trusting in the one that you're serving enough to know he know what you need and when you need it. So getting through that process, y'all, God took us through that process. I got demoted. I worked up under the enemy that had me fired. I worked up under people that I helped, and they turned on me. So God was raising me up to put me in a position. Through doing all of that, the next thing was 
God was telling me how to go about getting things. And in the process of doing it, there was no money in the bank. Now, I want y'all to understand this. No money in the bank. I remember we started over there with Little House on the Perry. We didn't have much, but I was trusting God. God sent people from far and near, and we started out with the first church over there. That church began to grow, and God began to tell me, it's time to move. He will send people. Now, y'all, I'm still on the job. I'm still, you know, trusting God. Haven't gotten where I needed to be, but I had a word from the Lord, and I was at peace with that word. So God moved us from over there, and he moved us into another building and y'all we didn't pay rent where we were so now we had to pay rent over there which I wasn't used to so tell me how can you go from one place that you don't pay nothing on and you go to another place and you ain't used to paying rent and you ain't seeing no people you know you don't know what people are going to give you just have a word from the Lord see that's living an abundant life because you trust in him you're not trusting what you see So we had to go in there and fix up the place, y'all. And this is the funny part. There was no money at the time to do all of this. But I had a word from the Lord. And and I know Miracle Temple know when God tells me to do something, I ain't looking at the books. I'm looking to him. Because I had to trust him with what he had given me. So when God gave me all of that and told me what to do, we end up getting in that place. We end up having everything what we needed for that place. We stayed in that place maybe about 18 months. And then the Lord put on my heart again, it's time to move. So I'm saying, okay, God, but he said, I want you to have your own. I don't want you to rent from anybody. I want you to have a place. So I said, well, God, how are we going to do this? And Jennifer Porter knew this guy, and the guy had a nerve to tell me. He said, he looked at our finances, and he said, if you don't have good people on your board to sign off on this for you, I'm not giving you no loan. Is that not right, Jennifer? I hung up the phone and I said, Lord, I never had nobody to sign for me except you. And if you don't be the co-signer, then nothing will never get signed. So I hung up in the bank that we was dealing with. Um, I called them and we filled out the papers and everything. God allowed me to put in stuff he told me to put in. And, And this bank we were at, they told me that people couldn't even get a van if you, uh, been in church for what what been in business for three years as a church you couldn't even get a van for them that's just how tight they were but God said no I want you to go there so obedience y'all is better than sacrifice filled out all the paperwork put everything in God told me turned it in and the lady said well I'm gonna tell you this is what's gonna happen she said we're so far behind so you won't hear from me turned it in on that Wednesday um the lord told me to call she called me back friday and the first question she asked she said who did this paperwork and i said oh lord we're in trouble now because i done put stuff in there i had no business putting we're in trouble now she said this paperwork is excellent she said nothing out of place won't he do it so at that time when she looked at the paperwork she said like i said it'd be next week Woke up Monday morning, God showed me the building, he showed me this building, what was wrong with it, he showed me the keys in my hand, he said, call her. When I called her and she said, Miss Bryant, she said, ain't no way that your loan um, um, is done with yet. I said, well, could you check it for me? Now, y'all, this is the thing, that man told me I needed a co-signer, he told me I needed money down. When I called that lady back, she looked at my, the paperwork and she said, Miss Bryant, your loan has been approved. I said, I need a co-signer. She said, no. I said, I need any money down. She said, it's been approved 100%. 
So see, God was teaching me how to live an abundant life. He was teaching me how to trust him outside of what I'm looking at. And this is what God want to teach you today. Some of us are still trying to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Some of us still are trying to wrap up things. Come on, I've done it. In my lifetime, we're trying to wrap up things. But y'all, it was, that wasn't the end of it. After all of this, I was staying in a, in a home and I was so comfortable in that home because you know how you get so comfortable and so content, you slide everything everywhere you can slide it because you, you don't have no more room and you look up under your bed and you try to find some more room to slide this in. And you say, okay, I got a little bit more room. And then somebody come to me and they say, well, God, um, say you're going to get a home. I said, okay. It didn't thrill me. Because I was content, I was satisfied, and God want us to be content. And this is what I'm telling you. God knows those that are content. He knows those that he can trust with what he's given you. He knows the people that will be a faithful steward over what he allow you to have. So I had to be faithful first, y'all. I had to show him that I was able to manage my own before God can put me over his. So this is what happened. I told my husband, I said, well, let's go look for a house. So we just, by faith, see, we walk by faith and not by sight. I was knocking on people's doors when I saw houses that I liked, and I said, hello, how are you doing? Can I look in your house? I really love your house and how it looks, and they would let me come in there. So we, we did that, and we did it for a while. Now, check this out, y'all. Remember I told you that when I left my job, y'all know when money is funny, you get late with people paying people. Amen. You try to say, well... I don't need to pay you right now. I'm going to pay you first. So we never checked our credit, but God gave us a plan, and he told us what to do. Now, through doing all of this, this is where we mess up at, y'all. We try to accumulate so much, and when you accumulate so much, even though your credit score is good, they look at your debt ratio, right? Because you're over your limit. You got the credit score looking good, but debt ratio too high, so they say your debt got to come down, whatever, whatever. So anyway, the Lord was working with us through the years, and when he told us it was time to go look for a house, y'all. Now, God does this to me. I don't know about you. The time that God had me to look, there ain't no money nowhere. No money in the bank. I know y'all, I can get a hand wave. No money in the bank. No money in the piggy banks. At least not enough money in the piggy banks to put down a down payment. Y'all know what I mean? Because they want a down payment. So me and my husband walking by faith, looking at houses, and my prayer was I want my children to have the same school. I want them to be able to have a nice neighborhood. And guess what, y'all? The house was in the same neighborhood I was in. I'm like, oh, for real, God? But then I said, I don't want that house. Me and my husband, we don't want that house. God said, go back. Anyway, long story short, the man ended up um, selling us the house, but here goes the thing. We needed money for the down payment. And he go the other thing. Never checked our credit in years. Never did that, but God said that was our house. So I said, no, this is the house that God want us to have. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to give you for this house. Now, y'all know I'm walking by faith. Didn't have no money in the bank. And I say, you let the man know we're going to give him this amount for the house. So the man said, yes, I'll take it. I said, oh, oh God, he's going to take it. Now, where are we going to get this money from? So then the Lord said, Go ahead and fill out for your loan. So me and my husband look at each other, because y'all know when credit is tore up through the years, it's tore up, right? So we were in one house already. That house was not paid off, mind you not. And tell you how God has set you up to trust him. So when we had to apply for this loan, 
The man came back and told us, he said, we're going to check everything and let you know what you can do. The man checked everything, and this is what he said. We already made up our mind, y'all. We're going to rent this other house out. If we rent the other house out, we have more money to get this house, right? But in the process, before we even tried for the house, God had us paying off stuff through the years so that way we'll be able to afford more. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So at that time, they checked out credit and everything. The man called back and he said, "Um, Mr. and Mrs. Bryant, I need to tell you something. He said, you can keep your other house and get this house. I said, huh? So I'm like, what did you say? You can keep this house and get this house. So we said, okay. I said, evidently he know what he's talking about. But this is how much money we need for the down payment. No money. And he said, we need it by this time of closing. Mind you not, credit score high because listening to God. God will show up and show out if you listen to him, y'all. He will... um surprise even the ones that think they know he would even surprise the bank so this is what happened long story short we end up getting a house we had to have so much money within a month money came in and I'm gonna tell you God did it so why am I telling you my testimony didn't even tell you about the first house didn't have no money to get the first house and God showed us how to get the first house why am I telling you this because this is a part of living an abundant life I didn't have um to do all of you know, some things to get what God said was mine. Only thing I had to do was to be obedient to what God is saying. So this is what it takes, y'all. It's obedience. The Bible says the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. So get your mind off of having things and allowing things to have you. God has to be first and foremost in your life. In order to live a prosperous life, he has to be number one in your life. You got to be willing to let go of your agenda. You got to be willing to let go of your plans. I remember sometimes, you know how we do, somebody gets something and you say, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that because they got it. Then when you get it, you find out you can't pay for it because everything else is getting in the way of what you got, right? And especially if you got children and children have needs. So this is why we have to listen to the spirit of the Lord while he's speaking. So the first scripture was Psalms 35, 27, where it tells us that God delights in the prosperity of his servant. So we learned that prosperity is not about money, y'all. It's about completeness and wholeness in every area of our lives. I'm going back somewhere where we always go. And it's in the first part of Genesis. And we know what Genesis says, Genesis 1, and God created the heavens and the earth, right? Is that what we read? God created the heavens and the earth. So we know it was Elohim, it was God who created the heavens and the earth. We know he he did it by spoken words. But the question is, why did he create the heavens and the earth? God is not going to do something, not lest he have a purpose for what he does. Look with me in Isaiah 45:18. Isaiah 45:18 says, "For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He have established it, he created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I'm the Lord and there is none else." So God created the heavens and the earth for it to be inhabited. He created it for life to be upon the earth 
So he did it for a reason, y'all. And we have to understand what God is doing and why he's doing it. So when you look down in Genesis, it tells you that God created the heavens and the earth. That means that God didn't have any help. It wasn't done by human hands. It was done by the spoken word of God. So as he created everything, he put everything like he wanted it to be. He um, um, spoke it and it was good. He saw it and it was good, right? That's what Genesis says. So he put the animals there. He put, you know, um, in the ocean, he put everything that was needed in the ocean that had life. He put the birds in the air. Y'all know the story of creation. It was God that did it. But he done it so it could be inhabited. But this is what God um, showed me even in this, y'all. This is where we have to start. Right here in God's creation, it shows you a prosperous life. It shows you that everything that God created was good and it was no chaos. It wasn't out of order. There was peace. There was safety. There was health. We know that he created what? Male and female. He created them in his own image, in his own likeness. He made them. But it's one thing that God done, even with male and female, and he done it even with um, the animals. It said, God blessed them. This is where I'm going. God blessed them and said, When God blessed them, he spoke a command over them. And when we look at bless, we look at bless as to endure with power for success. To endure with power for success. So when God spoke that blessing over man, and he also spoke it over those animals, he was telling them, this is what I want you to do. And y'all, I love it for what he said to man. Let's look at Genesis 128. He didn't just put us on this earth without having what we need. God already knew what we need even before we needed it because he's God. He know us better than we know ourselves. Genesis 1, um, 26 tells you that how God created um, male and female in his own image. And then it goes to 128 and God, 28, and God blessed them and said unto them, Look what he told them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that move upon the earth. So he blessed them. He endued them with power, y'all, for success. So they were already blessed. They were already prosperous because God spoke it over them. So you got to see yourself as already blessed. You got to see yourself as already endued with power for success. God has blessed the works of your hands. Everything that your hands touch is blessed. You got to see yourself blessed. God is the one that gives you the power to get wealth in every area of your life. So we need to quit putting ourselves down to think we can't do this or we can't do that because God has blessed us. He has spoken the blessing over your life. So he spoke it over their life. He said, this is what you're blessed to do. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. And then the thing is, y'all, I want you to have dominion. I want you to have rulership over all this stuff that I created. Y'all, I tell you, God is good to us. He gave man that right. He gave man that authority. He said, everything that I have created on this earth, I'm giving you right to it. I'm giving you dominion. The only thing that we don't have right to in dominion is each other. He did not give us dominion over each other, y'all. 
He did not do that. So he gave it to us over his creation, and that's for us to speak just as he spoke over the creation when things are not going the way they need to go. Now, check this. Everything in Genesis, guess what? It was life there. It was abundant life there. Nothing missing, nothing broken. When God spoke, let's create male and female in my own image, he didn't stop there. He knew that we had to eat. He knew that we had um, other needs. So God made everything in that garden that they had need of to put man in that garden. So when he put man in that garden, man had what man needed. Is that not in Genesis? They were already blessed. They had everything. Y'all know what happened. How many know when you have renewed your mind and you know what you have in him, the enemy shows up? How many know when you save some money and you feel like you're on the right track, something show up, right? So the enemy showed up in the Garden of Eden. He used God's creation, which was the serpent. Now, this is what I'm going to say. Even though you saved, that don't mean the devil won't use you. That's who he's going to use the most. Why did he need to use a sinner? The sinner already belonged to him. He's going to use these same folk, these Christians that think they know everything. He's going to use them to cause chaos in the body of Christ. So he used the serpent. And when he used the serpent, this is how cunning the enemy is. Now, what the enemy want all of us to think, even right now, that we don't have enough. That God hasn't given us enough, so he want us to go after more. The first thing he's going to ask Eve is, did God really say? He got to get our attention. So what he doing? He's flip-flopping the word. He's trying to make her feel as if you didn't hear God. You can eat from this tree. So what he's doing, he's trying to turn you away from what the word is saying. And he's trying to turn you to what he wants you to do. So he, he had to get her attention. Y'all know when you get a word from the Lord, if you're going through financially and you're quoting that scripture, may God supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Then you hear something else and say, how you know he's going to supply your need? You need to go up there to the bank. Come on, who haven't heard it? You, you hearing the scripture, but yet and still you hearing another voice that's telling you, how do you know he's going to supply all your need? If you don't go get that money, your light's going to be cut out. God ain't going to be mad. God don't want you to be in the dark. How many hear that? You need to go ahead and ask for that money now. That way you won't be in the dark. So this is what he was doing in the Garden of Eden. He was trying to twist the word of God to bring doubt, to make Eve feel as if, well, maybe God didn't say that. And Eve even put in there, he said, don't even touch it. Come on. She's she's realizing if I touch it, I know I'm going to eat it because the moment I touch the fruit, I have to touch it to eat it. So That was that part. But then this is what happened. Eve lost focus, y'all. We will lose focus. And Eve began to see that tree. The tree that she never paid attention to. Have y'all noticed when you tell your children, sometimes they won't notice something. But as soon as you say, don't you touch that, they're touching it. They never paid it any attention until you said, don't do something. Is that not how we do? A pastor can say, don't you do that. The devil said, why shouldn't you? Ain't that right? Anytime the Lord is giving you sound advice where he can give you peace in a situation where he can, let me tell you something. When, when you go through in your body, when you go through in your mind, you're going to go through in your body. 
because your mind controls your body. For as a man think in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So y'all know what I mean. When your money start acting funny and you don't know where you're going to get it from and everything is piling up, do you get a headache? Do your stomach start churning? Do you feel weak, feel like you can't make it? But when somebody lay down alone, everything feel like it's all right again, don't it? Come on, let's just be honest. This is, this is the real world. This is what happens. So this is what was happening in the Garden of Eden. The Bible said that when Eve looked at the tree, y'all know she, she saw it. And all of a sudden, she began to partake of something that God did not tell her to partake of. Why? Because the enemy wanted her to feel as if you don't have everything that you need. You need more. That's what he's doing today in the body of Christ. People in the body of Christ don't realize I have everything that I need in Christ. And there's nothing missing and nothing broken in him. That's what prosperity is. You are complete in him. You have everything that you need to live a prosperous life. Now, in the word of God, we're getting past that where, you know, sin came into the world and the ground was cursed, right? And then when you go on through the Bible, you see where... um it got to Noah when God was going to, you know, destroy everything and he was going to use Noah. Why did he use Noah? Because Noah was righteous in the eyes of God. Noah was ready to do what God wanted him to do. But I want y'all to understand the law was not in effect here. You know, God, God was um, honoring those that honor him. And when we look in um, Genesis, um, dealing with Noah, Genesis 9-1, we're getting right back to that word blessed. Isn't that something? And God blessed Noah and his sons. This is what I'm going to say. God said he haven't seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. So that means when Noah got blessed, his seed got blessed. So God blessed Noah. So I believe he spoke that blessing on Noah. He commanded that blessing. So Noah was already blessed. Only thing that Noah had to do was live in that blessing. And this is what God is telling us today, y'all. I'm so excited because when you learn these principles, you don't have to go and try to make something work for yourself. Only thing you have to do is live according to what the word of God is saying. And it won't be hard. The struggle will be over. If you know what God said, you can rest in what God said. You can rest in his promise because you know prosperity is not just about getting something. Prosperity is about completeness and wholeness. So we see what Noah did. Y'all know what God told Told Noah to build the ark. Now y'all know I didn't know nothing about building no ark, but he took God at his word. And by him taking God at his word, he was carrying out what God wanted him to carry out, which was a pattern, amen, miracle temple. So we see the pattern with Noah. Noah was blessed. I'm, I'm trying to go kind of fast because I got a lot here, so I'm trying to get it all in. So Noah was um, blessed, but then after Noah went through the generations, guess what? Abraham. He was blessed because he heard the voice of the Lord. He hearkened unto the voice of the Lord. But this is the key, y'all. When you hear him, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you're no longer your own. That means that you are ready to do things his way and not your way and not the way the world does it. Notice this. Even with Noah, he did everything according to what God said, did he not? When that ark was built, God said, I want you to go in, and God shut the door. Everything that did not come in and join in with what God was doing through Noah, guess what? They got left behind. They were destroyed. That's the way of the world, y'all. 
they were out laughing at Noah because Noah was doing what God had called him to do. This is living the abundant life. People are going to laugh at you when you don't do like they want you to do, when you don't go where they want you to go, when you don't dress like they want you to dress, when you're not carrying out what they want you to carry out, they're going to look at you like you ain't right. You change. There's supposed to be a change. There's supposed to be a difference in living an abundant life. I don't do like, I don't club like I used to club. I don't try to, you know, be like the people of the world. I'm supposed to be set apart where they know that I'm totally different. Noah and his family were set apart, y'all. This is the part we got to understand. We're in the world, but we don't do what the world does. We don't try to have what the world has. You have so many Christian folks that starting out that think they know, and people cannot distinguish who's saved and who's not saved because the way they carry themselves, the way they dress, and the things that they go after. Getting to Abraham. Y'all, Abraham's father served another God. But when God called Abraham to himself, this is the thing that Abraham had to do. He had to leave his family. See, in order to live this abundant life for Christ, your father and mother may not be living like they're supposed to be living. That don't mean that you're supposed to stay under that roof and do what they're doing instead of getting called out from what they're doing. When God called you out of a place, guess what? Your mother and father ain't going to like you. They're not going to get along with you no more. The first thing they're going to say, you ain't my child. I don't know you. You ain't the same child that I reared. You ain't the same child that was brought up in this house. Why? Because you're different. You're set apart. And they see in the difference. You ain't doing things their way. You ain't going out trying to get this to get this. No, you standing still and say, no, this is what God is telling me to do. And they said, if you can't do it in my house, then you got to leave my house. Guess what? Abraham had to leave his father's house because he knew what was going on in his father's house was opposite to who he was now that he was in Christ. So this is the promise that God gave Abraham. He told him in um, Genesis 12, 1 and 3, he said, go away from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. Y'all, who does that today? (laughs) Who does that today? He said, I want you to leave what you familiar with. This is what it takes to live an abundant life. You got to be willing to leave what you familiar with. Leave the way of your doing and get into to the way of God's doing. So Abraham had to make up his mind to leave. Now, Abraham didn't know where he was going, y'all. This is the walk that I have had with the Lord. When the Lord tell me something, I don't see where I'm going. Only thing I know is I have a word for right then. So when I follow that word, then God give me more. See, God said, I have to trust you with this first until I give you more. Have y'all ever saw people that say, when I get a thousand dollars, I'm going to bless you. Don't wait on that blessing. I'm going to tell you why. Because if they ain't blessing you with what they got now, they ain't going to bless you when they get the, the million dollars. You know why? Because they're not being faithful over the little. Now, some people will, but you got some people that don't know God for who he really is. So they're thinking, if I give this to them, I ain't going to have this to live off of here because they're already planning it out. But Abraham, he trusted God enough to know I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving what I'm familiar with. Now, God said, Abraham, when you leave, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to bless you. 
Think about it, y'all. This is a God you can't see. But you got to trust him enough that whatever he says, he's going to honor his word. So he's telling Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless those who bless you. Isn't that something? He said, I'm going to make you a blessing, Abraham. Anybody who attached to you, Abraham, they're going to be blessed. What am I telling you? Anybody who attached to you is supposed to be blessed because of you, not because of what they've done, because they are attached to you. You can have someone that don't even know God and they come in your house because you're blessed. They get blessed because you got blessed. They are blessing because of you. Oh, ain't that just so honorable? And this is what I say. I always tell people that when you honor God, God's going to honor you. Because you're putting God first and foremost in your life. You're not putting nothing else but God. So Abraham left. Y'all know what happened to Abraham when he left. He left with Lot. He didn't even suppose to leave with Lot, right? But he left with Lot. And they had so much substance that y'all know it was strife in between them. But one thing about Abraham, because he knew God and he knew God promises, that God told, well, Abraham told Lot if he go left, Abraham said, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Why did Abraham say that? He said, because it don't matter where I go. I know I'm blessed. So I want to ask you a question. We're going to stop right here for you to think about this. Do you know that you're blessed everywhere you go? Even when there's no money in your pocket, do you know that you're still blessed? Do you still know that I don't need money to define who I am in him? Because if he tell me to do something, the blessings of the Lord is what make me rich. And it adds no um, struggle to it. So wherever God tell me to go, I may start out and it may look like I don't have nothing. But because he put me there, the little that I have, it's going to turn into abundance and I'm blessed. So don't look at how small it is. Look at who told you to do what you're doing. See, we're trying to look at how big or how um, big something's supposed to be. But when God said you're blessed, you're blessed outside of what you see. So you got to see yourself blessed. Abraham saw himself blessed. And y'all, when Lot got from around Abraham, now God said, look as far as you can see. And he was showing Abraham everything he needed to show Abraham. And then at the end of Abraham's life, it said in Genesis, I'm going to 13, and Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. Y'all, when I look at that, this is the Old Testament, the Old Testament. Abraham had everything that he needed because he trusted God. When we trust God, y'all, there is nothing missing, nothing broken. But when we lean upon money and look for money to fix everything, money won't fix everything. But when we lean upon him, we ain't looking for money to fix it. We're looking to him who's the author and finisher of our faith. It didn't stop at Abraham. It says that um, in um, Genesis 24, 1, Abraham was now very old, along in years, going in days, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. Is that not how it's supposed to be? We're supposed to be blessed in every way, y'all. So don't look at it as when you don't have no money, you're worthless. Or you can't do nothing. Look, when you got good health, when you got your strength, when you're living in peace, when you're, you're happy, when you're content, give God glory. Because you're living an abundant life. Money do not make you, um, how can I say it, 
prosperous. That's part of it. But people look at, you got to have five houses. You got to have all these cars. Not putting ministers down. Don't get me wrong. But my thing is, if God has blessed me with five houses, I can't live in those houses all at one time. I need to bless somebody else with the house. If God has blessed me with 10 cars, I can't drive all 10 cars. I need to bless somebody else. We're blessed to be a blessing, not blessed to show everything that we have and not helping nobody except ourselves. So people sometimes look at prosperity as is, I belong to God and I supposed to have all of this. And this is how you know that you're really blessed. Look at the cars. Look at all this. It's not about all of that. It's about having completeness and wholeness in him. And this is what's described in the Bible. Look at, um, you got Abraham, you got Isaac. Now here come Isaac. Y'all know what happened to Isaac? He had to wait 25 years for Isaac. And after waiting 25 years for a promise, he had to give up the promise. God had to see if you're going to love him more than you're going to love me. Guess what? He was willing to give up Isaac. Abraham was faithful when it came to God. And I'm asking you today, are you so faithful that if God tell you to give up a car today, would you give it up? Would you say, yes, Lord? And then the next thing is, who you want me to give it to? Give you an example. Uh, Miracle Temple had had 10 cars. People have given me and my husband the titles to those cars. You know what we did? We signed the titles and gave them to somebody else. We could have kept the cars. And I said, Lord, if you give me land, if you give me houses, I'm going to give it to whomever you tell me to give it to. And this is how you live a prosperous life. It ain't about us. It's about him. It's about his glory being revealed through us. They need to see the glory of God through you, not through your stuff. People need to know that this is God's doing and it's marvelous in who eyes and his eyes. So we see Isaac, you got Abraham. Then Isaac was very prosperous. Why? Because God made a covenant with Abraham and he blessed Abraham and he told him that his seeds would be what would be what very prosperous so you got Isaac Isaac prospered you got Jacob Jacob prospered so it went where through the generation and they were blessed so God was honoring what he was honoring his word they always had more than enough the thing that got me with Isaac was Isaac went into a place that they were digging those wells that they had covering them up and they weren't no good no more. Isaac went in there and Isaac prospered. Isaac began to turn over wealth right where he was and people were envious of him. They were jealous of him. Do you know why Isaac could do that? Because the blessing was already spoken upon Isaac. See, this is why I say no matter where you go, when God command a blessing upon you and you know you bless, you walk in that place and you say, this is how I want this to be. Why? Because you're blessed. And this is where God has sent you for it to be that way. And before I knew all of this, y'all, how many know when you get saved, sometimes you're ignorant? <laughs> ignorant. You know, you, you just run fast because you just try anything and it works, right? But seem like the closer you get to God, well, Lord, why ain't it work like it worked before? You, you were a daredevil before you really got into the word of God. You, you just went out there and done it. I was a daredevil, y'all. I had 13 cars. If I saw it, it was mine. And I went on the lot with no money, and I demanded what was mine. <laughs> this is true. My husband know me. We, when I would flip-flop my cars, I love cars with a lot of buttons in it. 
this is what I do so I can just, and don't even mess with them, but I just loved it. And then I love it with the roof in it and wouldn't even open the roof. I just had to have one. My husband would get upset with me, but that's just how it was. So I picked out my car, y'all. This was, as daddy said, a candy apple red. Got my car and I told the man I'd be back. But the first thing the man said, he said, "Um, where's your down payment? I said, I ain't got one. He said, you need a down payment? I said, no, I don't. I said, but I want that car and I'm coming back for that car. So we, we came back the next day, and we saw somebody driving the car, didn't we? Tester, I said, they got to get out of my car. Now, y'all, this is how bold I was. You know what I'm saying? They got to get out of my car. I drove off with that car. Guess what, though? Wasn't satisfied with it. Drove it for a few years, went back on the lot and said, that's my car. Got another car. I was rolling cars over like crazy. But it got to the point that, that didn't satisfy me no more. You know how you have a lot of gadgets and it feel like it satisfies you, but then you just lose interest in it? Because the more I grew in him, the more I lost interest in everything else. My interest became, I want to help somebody besides myself. I want to see who I can give to outside of me. So the Lord was raising me up and I didn't know it. So I got over the car thing and really got over the car thing, ready to keep what I had, y'all, because I was content. See, the Lord try you. He know your heart. When he know you really content, that's when God will put something out there and say, that's yours. And you'll be like, nah, I don't want it. No, go in there. That's yours. Nah, I don't have the money. Go in there. That's yours. This is where I'm going, y'all. When you live in an abundant life and you get so content, you ain't worrying about that stuff no more. That's when God said, now it's time for you to really get the blessing. And I'm like, okay. So me and my husband, y'all, I had a Cadillac. I never forget. I was working and couldn't get a Cadillac. This is no joke. Working, had the money, couldn't get a Cadillac. Got demoted, went in full-time ministry. Now God said, go get the Cadillac. Hmm. That's odd, ain't it? Me and my husband went on the lot, got the Cadillac, drove the Cadillac for years. That was my dream car, y'all. Had my little silver Cadillac. Loved that Cadillac. Content with the Cadillac. So my husband said one day, Let's go. Um, I just want to go look um, on this lot. I said, go ahead. I done got what I want. I ain't worrying about nothing else. I'm satisfied. So he over there looking, not going to get a car, just looking. And I'm sitting there and I said, the salesman come up to me and he say, is there anything on this lot I can interest you in? I said, you ain't got a thing on this lot that can compare to this Cadillac. Now I want y'all to check it out. This man had $50,000 car. He had some cars. Now my Cadillac was you know, a nice car, but it wasn't where the other ones were. So I said, man, you ain't got nothing on this cattle, this um, lot that can compare to this right here. So I'm just sitting in the car. He said, well, you sure you don't want to? Nope. All of a sudden, y'all, what's that? But this was the spirit of God, not me. I said, what is that right there? I didn't know what it was, but it was drawing to me. So I told him, man, I said, come here. Get me them keys to that right there. Didn't know what it was. But the only thing I know, I had an unction. So my husband come back, and he asked the man, he said, uh, can you show me this? He said, well, I'm getting your wife the key. He said, my wife don't want to see nothing. I said, yes, I do. <laughs> Got in the car, y'all. Now, remember this now. I'm off my job, off the job. Got the Cadillac, living by faith. Next thing I know, I told my husband, this is the car right here. That price tag on that car back then? Ain't no way I could have got that car. <laughs> this is no joke. But God gave me an unction for that car. And I said, okay. We went down the road with it. And my husband said, only way I'm getting this, 
if they throw in the rims to go with it, that go with this car. Y'all, it was the Lexus. And I said, I ain't worried about no rims. I know this is the car. We went in there and sat down with that man. My husband said, we'll get the car if you put the Lexus rims on it because it'll look better with them rims. You know what they said? We'll do it. I drove out of there that day with that car. That was 2000, 2004, and I'm still driving that car. Why am I saying this? Because when God puts something on your heart, the blessings of the Lord and adds no, and you be what? Content. You ain't trying to find nothing else. And my brother, he's so funny, y'all. He always will wait to see what kind of car I'm getting because they know I was the car queen. Shanita, no. Car queen. If I see it, I'm going to get it. So my brother say, you're going to get another car. I said, no, I ain't. I said, that's the keeper. He said, uh-uh, you're going to get another car. I said, no, it ain't. That's the keeper. You know why it was a keeper? Because God was preparing me for the next step, which was the house. See, this is how you live an abundant life. When you listen to God and not listen to your flesh or what you think you want, then you will see God moving in your life and it ain't no struggle. And guess how you know that you're in the right place with God? Because people get jealous. They don't know what you're doing or how you're doing it. So they get jealous and they're thinking you're taking money from the church or you doing this or doing that to get what you have. But it wasn't that. It was trusting God with where I was. And it was waiting on God for his timing for what he wanted me to have. So if you look in the word of God, everywhere they went, they were prosperous. Now, let's talk about a man y'all know about, Joseph. Y'all know Joseph. He was prosperous even in prison. Everywhere he went, God what? He prospered him. You can find the story about Joseph. I did one scripture, Genesis 39. You can start at 37 and it talks about Joseph in in there. But y'all know what his brothers did to him because they was jealous over him. But the Bible said everywhere Joseph went, God prospered him. Do y'all know why he prospered him? Because Joseph would not go outside of what God wanted him to do. That's why his life was so prosperous. Y'all remember the, the um, Potiphar's wife wanted him to lay with her. He would not lay with her. He went to prison because he would not lay with that lady because he um, honored God. He honored his word. He knew what his word told him to do. So he lived a what? A prosperous life. So they put him in prison. Guess what? They prospered him in prison. Everything Joseph's hands touched, y'all was prospered. Why? He blessed the works of Joseph's hands. So he come out of prison. Where did he go? to the palace. Guess what was happening to Joseph? He had to be trusted, y'all. When you take what God gives you and you're faithful over that, God will give you more. That's when increase comes. Increase does not come from God when you're squandering the little that God has given you. So Joseph prospered. He went to the palace and guess what? He went there just in time because there was a famine in the land. Now, if a famine is in the land, who's going to be affected too? Joseph. But God told Joseph what to do during the famine. Joseph done what God told him to do, and he got through the famine. What am I telling you? Living a prosperous life means that when the gas prices go up or when things change around you, you don't supposed to get worried. You don't supposed to change. You're supposed to know God have already worked it out. God knew when the gas prices was going to go up. God knew all of this before it happened. So I'm giving God glory that I have everything that I need, even in the midst of what's going on even around me. 
When things happen in the land, y'all, y'all know this storm, Irma, when it was brewing out there, people were so caught up in what I need to do and how I need to do it, they didn't never ask God. Because we supposed to have been speaking over that storm because God has given us dominion. Didn't he say the heaven and the heavens are the Lord, but the earth he has given to the children of men, according to Psalms 115? So if we know these things, then we don't get um, fearful. We don't get torn all up. We just say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me to do in this situation? And he's going to tell you what to do. If he said, be still, you're going to be still. You ain't going to be trying to buy 10 loaves of bread. You ain't going to be trying to buy all of this stuff. Guess why? Because what he's doing, he's taken out of your hands so you can't help somebody else who really need the help. So we have to be careful with what God give us. So we see that Joseph was what? He was very prosperous. Y'all, this is just the Old Testament. This is leading up to who? It's leading up to Jesus. It's leading up to where we supposed to be today. So prosperity is everything. It's completeness. It's wholeness in every area. When we get past all of them and we get to the law, right? We get to Moses in Egypt. And I'm running fast because I want to get to some more. We get to them that's in Egypt. Y'all, this is something. Have you ever had a wilderness experience? Anybody? Y'all know what a wilderness experience really is? When everything around you tore up. (laughs) Everything. You know, your health ain't right. Your money ain't right. Your children ain't right. Everything around you is tore up from the flow up. Everywhere you look, apostle, there ain't no peace. That's a wilderness experience, right? They were in the wilderness, but they had a good leader, which was Moses. Because Moses knew God. When you have a good leader that know God, even in your wilderness experience, you will come out. They were coming out, but this is the thing. God took them through that wilderness experience for them to trust him, to test them, to prove them. And even in that experience, y'all, there was not a feeble one amongst them. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. Why? Because as long as they trusted God for what they had need of, everything was okay. They were living an abundant life. Y'all, they really didn't really know God because guess what? They were happy as long as they had the water, (laughs) as long as they had the food. Aren't y'all happy when you get you some water and when you get you some food and, you know, you get all those things out and we're happy and still got money in your pocket? I have seen people that when they get a lot of money, they invite you. When they got a little bit of money, they don't answer the phone. Because <laughs> they don't want you to have that. I'm, I'm low now, I don't call my house. But when you get to know Jesus, don't matter how, how little you have, it becomes much. Because my grandfather, um, he was a, a pastor. And y'all, I can tell you something. He would take little, I'll never forget it. And I, I do have to admit to this. Um, through growing up, I have learned too these principles through him. Because he used to have church and he would invite everybody in the church to eat but there was a problem with that when we cooked we only cooked enough for what was in the house and this is what he would say get the food ready I said Lord here we go again don't this man understand we didn't cook enough for you know all of these people but y'all it never run out he would always say feed the little ones first it will never run out but one day this is what I did he told me to cook 
cook for the people? I said, okay, I cook for them. And I messed up some beans. And Granddaddy said, you meant to do that. She meant to do that. She meant to do that. <laughs> yes, it did. Because <laughs> I got tired. But the whole point of the, the thing was, whatever Granddaddy told us to do and we did it, it was always more than enough. He never overlooked the needs of the people. He always made sure that people had what they needed because he trusted God. He would always say it's more than enough. And you look at it and like, no, it's not. But when you listen to him and you are obedient, it was more than enough to give to whom it needed to be given to. So this is what we have to do, y'all. Even living an abundant life, we got to look outside of our need and we got to see somebody else's need. How can I do that? Because if I know him, I know he's going to take care of me. If I give my last to Teresa, I gave it from my heart so I know I'm not going to miss anything. Why? Because I did it from my heart. So this is how they lived back then. Y'all, being in a wilderness, wearing the same shoes, you in a wilderness, everything around you, come on now, you had to trust God. When they gave out of water, they complained, but then God still gave them what they needed, didn't he? When they gave out of... um, Got tired of the manna that was coming from heaven. God gave them meat and God said, let them eat it until it come out of their nostrils. And you know, so they can get tired of this right here. But anyway, this is what God did for them in the wilderness. He made sure they had everything that they need. So I want to ask you, do you think that you serve a loving father that is not going to help you with all of your needs? Now, he's not going to just give you money. He said, you got to quit just looking at money. You got to look at, God, I'm breathing. God, I can see, I can hear, I can walk, I can talk. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I have my health. God, thank you I have peace. I may not have 500 in the bank, but God, I got some peace today that passes all understanding, that guards my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, y'all, God will test you where you are to see if you really trust him. Can you trust me in this? Can you wait on me in this? So these people had to trust God. They had to depend on God, but God had to give them a leader in order for them to trust God. So God gave them laws, and this is how the laws come about. God was still, um, there was under grace, there was under mercy, but God um, asked them about can they obey all of the laws. They say, yes, we'll obey all of your laws. Come on, ain't that what we say? And no, we can't. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we have Jesus. So they said that this is what they do. Y'all know they couldn't fulfill it. And y'all know what happened if they didn't obey the law. It was a consequence that was behind them not obeying the law. But God still loved them. God still took care of them. God still provided for them. And that's what I want you to see today. Outside of you, God still loves you. God is still going to provide for you. You're going to go through when you make a mistake. Come on. When you go do something God ain't told you to do, you're going to go through it. And God's going to help you get through it. And that's going to help you not go back through it. But that's not going to stop him from, from loving you. So our um, dependency is on God and God alone. When we depend on him and him only, y'all, we begin to see results in our lives. We begin to see the hand of God. I don't know about y'all, but I have saw the hand of God so many times in my life when it didn't look like I was going to make it, when it didn't look like there was enough. And then when I would begin to call on God, God would answer me. He would show me great and mighty things, y'all, that I could not see. And I'm going to get to another testimony, and then I'm going to talk about the world's way of prosperity. 
And I use my life because God have done so much in my life that I don't mind sharing with people to let them know it is God. It's no good that I have done. It's just honoring him and he honors us. Um, recently I was telling Miracle Temple about my daughter. She wanted to go to college and, and when she first started out real young, they say she had a stuttering problem and they told me I had to give a speech therapy and I said, nope, you're not going to label my daughter. That's what you say. But my daughter don't have a problem with her speech when she was young. She didn't have to have speech therapy. And then they said that she couldn't learn. I said, nope, that ain't true. I know she can learn. And they end up um, putting her in a class with a lady she was fearful with. We got through that process and God ended up showing me where he wanted her to be. She got to that process and she started excelling from her kindergarten on up to 12th grade year. I think she ended up the 12th grade year with a 4.3 average and she just worked towards her goals. And even working towards her goals is things that we needed. And I would always pray, God, I thank you that you have supplied all of our needs. According to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I will remind God of his promises. And she would tell me the college that she wanted to go to. Now, here we go again. Well, I'm just going to say this about black folk. Some black folks don't put away for no college. I'm one of them. Let's just be honest. They don't look out for their kids' future. Because sometimes they think the child ain't got no future, so we're going to get a car instead of your future. Come on, I, I got the cars and went, think about, come on, we're going to be honest. I got the cars and think about no future. Jennifer, you know what I'm talking about. They, they'll lay aside money for their, their children's future. I didn't do that. I just trusted God. I said, God, first of all, let me remind you, I come off a job. Left everything behind, no insurance, all that stuff I let go of because this is what I want to do for you. I want to serve you. I want to be a full-time preacher, not a part-time. So all of this happened, y'all. So I began to speak the word over my daughter, me and my husband. And as we began to speak the word, y'all, I'm going to tell you, it seemed like I said, this girl want to go to this college. And she gave me a list, y'all, of four different colleges and gave me the prices. My eyes got big. I was down in my Bible and I looked up. I said, Jesus. <laughs> and flesh was like, where is that coming from? Ain't no money in the bank. I can't get no loan for that. And then I say, you know what, Lord? You already got this worked out. So I'm going to give you glory for what you have already worked out. So I begin to praise God. I begin to look at them amounts and say, it ain't nothing too hard for God. Every day I would just give him a wave off and thank you, Jesus is already done. And then I would look at my daughter. I said, God is going to give you more than enough. So she began to fill out the financial aid, y'all. This is funny. Got to the part, what's in your bank account? <laughs> so I told her. She said, is that all in your <laughs> bank account? I said, didn't you ask me what was in my bank account? I'm telling you what's in that. And then she looked at her daddy. She said, dad, is that, is that, he said, didn't that what your mama told you? We walk by faith and not by sight. <laughs> so Ariel put it down on the little sheet. And then she looked and she turned around. She did like this, y'all. She said, how we get all this? I said, child, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. So see, God had to manifest himself to even my daughter to let her know about living an abundant life. So y'all, we sat there. She filled out the paperwork, and she still needed more money to go to this college. Matter of fact, she had filled out for about 10 colleges and got accepted for all of them and had to pick. So she picked UNC Chapel Hill for this college. When she picked it, the next thing was the money. 
And I said, child, fill out for every scholarship you can fill out for. She said, mama, she said, I, I don't know about all that. I have to, I said, fill out everything you can fill out. You're going to have more than enough. I know my, my God. He has made me a promise. Filled out for all the scholarships, y'all, scholarships coming in one by one. And the funny part is my baby got so many scholarships um, to go to college with. After all the scholarships was over and we thought that was over, the funny thing, a girl come up to me and she said, I want to ask you something, Pastor. I said, what is it? How did your daughter get a base basketball scholarship and never play basketball? I said, because she filled out for it. Ain't God good? So then that wasn't the end of it. She got all the scholarships. We thought the scholarships was over and done with. But God said, no, it's more. It's more. And I said, okay, God, I'm answering the phone. UNC Chapel Hill called, and they begin to say, we're trying to get up with your daughter. And we have a scholarship, and we don't just choose anybody for a scholarship, but this scholarship is $5,000 a year for four years, and we want to give it to your daughter. She got that scholarship. So then as she was going along, they said that she had a bill she had to pay. I said, you don't owe nobody nothing. And, y'all, this is funny. The bill was $120. I said, you only owe $120, and I'm not paying it. Because I know what God promised. And then another check coming to me. Come on, y'all. This is how you live an abundant life. You have to trust God first and foremost. This is what prosperity is about. It is not about money. Yes, that's part of it. But God wants us to trust him with everything that we have and how you trust him. First of all, you got to admit, I can't do this myself. I need your help. God, you're my daddy. You're my father. You know every need. So this is what we do, y'all. And I'm getting into this part because I believe this is the part where the church mess up. Everything that come in my hand, God get first. See, living an abundant life, we're dealing with peace. The Bible says that he will keep us in perfect peace. If our mind is stayed on who? Him, why? Because we trust him. So if you want peace and you want perfect peace, complete peace, where are your mind supposed to be? Not on your circumstance. But why is our mind so much on our circumstance and not on him? Because that's where our focus tend to be. So we got to bring our focus back to him and say, God, you're the one that I have to depend on. You're the one that I have to trust. You already know the need before I have need of the need. And when we do that, we rest in him and we know we already have it. So there go your peace. And this is why we say peace be still. Why? Because he gave us the authority. He gave us the right to speak those things that be not as though they were. That's what started out in the beginning. He began to speak these blessings. He began to speak things that be not as though they were. See, you don't wait until something happened and speak. You begin to speak before it happened because God has given you that unction. He's reminding you, this is what I want you to say over this. Even though nothing has occurred, you doing what God tell you to do. So there go your peace. When you're going through in your body, this is what you got to remember. By Jesus Christ, I was already healed. Guess what, y'all? He made provision for your healing even before you got sick. He made provision for your peace even before you felt confusion in your mind. So he made provision for all of these things so you don't have to wait on these things to get them. You got to know that you already have them. So when things come up in your life, you got to say, "Uh uh-uh, you can't stay here. 
You know why? Because I'm already the healed of the Lord. Healing already belongs to me. I have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. That's living a prosperous life. And you live in it because you know what you have and you're not accepting what's coming. So when your body's acting up, you're going to speak over your body because guess what? It's mine. How do I know it's mine? Because it's already in me. It's in my spirit. So I have to connect with my spirit. And when I connect with my spirit by renewing my mind, then my body is going to react according to what's already in my spirit. You already have healing in your spirit. You got deliverance in your spirit. You got the fruit of the spirit there. You got the gifts of the spirit there. God has given you the power that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of you. But if you're not connecting through the word, you ain't living a prosperous life. How can somebody be prosperous whining all the time? I ain't got it. Never will have it. Going to be broke all my life. All my family was broke. I guess I'm going to be broke too. You living just like the Israelites, like they were in Egypt. They come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. This is why you have to know that prosperity is not about having things. It's about having that Zoe life. It's life. That's what um, abundance is. It's a life in Christ. That means everything I need is in him. And in order to get what God has already provided, I have to know what I have in him. So we need to quit wasting time trying to accumulate stuff and we need to spend time with him to know what already belongs to us and leave the other stuff alone that's not ours. So we see in the Old Testament they lived a prosperous life. But guess what the world prosperity looked like, y'all? Anybody know what world prosperity looked like? I'm going to tell you. There's a scripture in the Bible and I think that um, people will agree with this. Success that come from having a lot of money is what the world looks at as prosperity, right? If I don't have a lot of money, then I'm not prosperous. There's a scripture in Luke 12, 13 through 15. You can go back to it. It says, someone in the crowd says to Jesus, see if it's this familiar to you. Teacher, tell my brother to divide with me the property our father left us, family inheritance. But Jesus said to him, man, who said I should be a judge or decide, appointed me to judge between you? Then Jesus said to them, be careful and guard yourself against all kinds of greed. Life is not measured by, does not consist of how much one owns. Do we have that today? People waiting for somebody to kill over. And before they die, they want to find out what they got. And then when they die, they're smiling. They're trying to cry, but they're actually smiling. Because that policy get ready to pay off. That's the world's view. They're looking at money. They're looking at how much can I get out of this transaction. That's the first thing that the world looks for. They look for money. Without money, they look like they're nothing. And then another thing that, that happens um, in the world, they look at the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The Bible lets us know that if we love the world and the things that are in the world, the love of God is not in us. That means that we love that more than we love God. When we look at the world more than we look at God, we love the world more than we love God. So we need to sit here and think about today. What have I put before God that's in the world? Anything that you're holding on to that the world does, the Bible tells you in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world 
or the things and associated with the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. These are the way of the world, wanting to please our sinful selves, wanting the sinful things we see, and being too proud of what we have, the possessions. None of these come from the Father, but all of them come from the world. The world and everything that people want in it are passing away. But the person who does not want want, God, want what God wants abides forever. A person who wants what God wants abides forever. So this is what's going on, y'all. When you after what the world does and what the world has, then you're not loving the Father the way you should love the Father. You're loving the world. Let's talk about it a little bit. Y'all, I talk about this all the time, but it is evident. Facebook is Facebook. We got Christian folk trying to be all they can be on Facebook. Facebook represent the world. That means when you see people up there trying to be pretty on Facebook, trying to show another profile, save folk, could anybody tell me how that represent Christ? I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to let somebody tell me how that represent Christ because I've been trying to figure it out for a while. Anybody? How does a new profile represent Christ? Why do we put a new profile on Facebook? Is that letting people know we're abundant now, we, we're prosperous now, we're looking good, so we're making more money? Is that it? How does a new profile represent Christ? How is that showing being Christ-like? What is that showing? Somebody help me. See me, hear me, be attached to me. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be attached to. We want somebody to say, hi, I look good. Is that not right? We want to be seen. How can someone who want to accept Christ come to you if you're acting like they're acting and doing what they're doing? How can you minister Christ to them if you're doing the same thing that they're doing? How can you reach somebody on Facebook if you're acting like the world is acting? People ain't going to want what you want, what you got. Because they're saying, what make you any different from me? How can you turn him on and turn him off? You can't turn him on and turn him off. Either you're for him or you're not. If we got a free way to go and minister to people, yes, we need to use it, but we don't need to use it the way the world uses it. And if you use it the right way, they're going to kick you off Facebook. You ain't going to have the friends that you have. Come on, y'all, this is, this, is, this is a mess. If we're going to be for Christ, we got to be for Christ because we're talking about living an abundant life. If we're talking about living the, the life of Christ, we're not going to do it like the world does it. Just because somebody else went out of town, you don't have to show your pictures that you're out of town. How's that helping them get saved? How's that helping them come off of crack cocaine? Because you went to Palm Beach. How's it helping them and when you're telling them, be healed in Jesus' name, and you got a picture of you on a gurney in the emergency room? But you live living an abundant life, then you get back up there. Praise be to God, God just healed me. 
but, but, but we living for Jesus, right? We're supposed to be different, y'all. Our lives supposed to be so different. How do I know? Because even when they were in Egypt and stuff was going on in Egypt, the ones that was in Goshen wasn't affected by Egypt. They were separated. They were separate. They were set aside. We got to be set aside to let people know this ain't man's doing. This is God's doing. So when God puts you in a place, he reveals his glory in the place that he puts you in to let people know. Now that's God. That's how, this is how I want my life to be. It's nothing i done. This is all God's doing. And the funny thing is, y'all, when God do something, people can't even see God, Christian folks, because they see the world so much. They put in car. No, they did it this way. That's how they got that. Them people bought that car. Them people bought that house. That house connect to the church. No, it ain't. They try to figure out your business, and then they read amongst you and don't even know what's happening. Because you don't know about prosperity. You don't know about living that abundant life. And okay, we talked about the peace that comes from God through living the abundance life. We talked about the good help that comes from God living the abundant life. Do you know God will tell you how to lose weight? Y'all, I'm just going to give it to you and I ain't going to charge you for it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Y'all will know how to lose weight. Back up from the table. That's free. The world give you all the pills. They give you all the gimmicks because they want your money. They tell you all of this stuff that you can tighten it up with and you get that. Then when you let it loose, it's back out again. Come on, let's just be honest. But when we do it God's way, Manny, God will tell you what to do, how to do it, and you do it, and it works. And then when you tell people what to do, they'll be like, for real? Because God want to get the glory. He want to be glorified, y'all. That's what living a prosperous life means, that God want to give, be glorified. He want to say what Teresa have didn't come through Teresa, it come through God. That's her testimony. That's letting people know, this is why I'm where I am today. So you got health in there. You got peace in there. Now let's talk about this. Giving. Y'all know that scripture where it said, give. And it shall be. But what's the first part say? What's the first part say? That's a part of God's law. When you give, it is given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, running over. Shall who? Don't you have to use men to give it to you? Guess why he used men to give it to you? Because as you give, God turns somebody's heart towards you to give back unto you. Why? God has, what is the scripture, Athea? Um, Holy Spirit, help me with the scripture. God has made all grace abound towards who? Towards us that we always have all sufficiency in what? That we may abound to what? Every good work. Y'all catch it? That means when he bless you, you're supposed to bless somebody else. It ain't for you to just store it up in your house. You're supposed to say, God, I'm blessed to be a blessing. So even though I have more, who can I help with the running over? And guess what? He said, if you give him the substance of your first fruit, your barn shall be filled with plenty and your vat shall burst forth. With, see, when I get to this part of the prosperity conference, people don't want to hear that part. Because all of it is about prosperity. You're giving. 
And if we don't do these things, that's how we missed out on this abundant life. You got to be well-rounded in every area, and you got to do what God tell you outside of yourself. Do y'all know when giving really starts? When it ain't nothing else. <laughs> giving don't start really when you have it. Anybody can give when, when they have it, y'all. Because the lady, um, the rich man gave it because he had it, but the lady only had the little what? And what did she do? She gave it all. How can you give everything? You know how? Because you trust God. So see, giving means that I trust God outside of what I have. That means that I don't hold on to it and say, I'm going to wait till I get more to bless her back there in the back. If God said, take it out now and bless her, I'm going to bless her outside of what my pocketbook say. My pocketbook may only say 20, but God said, that ain't your 20. I told you to put that in there to bless her today. So I want you to give her that 20. That's what God does. So we're blessed to be a blessing. So God used the little that you have and say, I want you to give up that. So once you give up that, you're going to see increase. But if you don't listen to what God is telling you, guess what? It's like putting your money in a bucket with holes. So that's why you hear him. But what is our problem when it comes to that part of giving? Fear. Fear of not having enough. Fear of not this bill being paid today. If I give this, that's, that, I ain't going to have enough to do this. Don't you know God know what you need even before you ask? He said, I know what you're in the need of even before you ask. Y'all know Matthew, the sixth chapter, something we quote all the time. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all of these things shall be added on you. How many quote that? But the part is we ain't seeking. Because if we're seeking, we won't have a problem when it comes to helping others. When it comes to giving unto other people. Y'all, we have gotten to the point, me and my husband, with giving, that it don't affect me. Meaning that if somebody need help, I'm checking, looking around the pastor and see what I got. How can I help them? I'm not going to send them nowhere before I see what I can do myself. Well, let me see how I can help you. What do I have, Father, in my possession that I can help them with? I'm not going to send them to apostle when they come to my house. Because evidently God knows something in my house that I have that I need to help them with. So why am I sending them to your house and then everybody's sending them from house to house? God sent them to you because it's something that you have. And in the back of our mind, let me see how I can tell them without lying. God's saying, you know that money that you got back there, that she money, and look in your billfold up under that little department that you keep the money in that you're trying to hide from your husband? I want you to give them that money. This is prosperity, y'all. This is trusting God with everything that you have. And God is saying today, if you want to live a prosperous life, you got to be well-rounded in every area. Some of us might have the part about healing, trusting God that you heal. Some of us might have the part about finances, trusting God with the finances. Some of us might have the part about peace, but I beg you to differ. You can't even be in peace if your body hurting or if your finances tore up so you ain't got peace yet. Well-rounded mean every area. That mean, God, I trust you with where I am. I trust you with what I have. You know why, y'all? Because I know who I am. Now that I'm in Christ. See, I would jump out there with no money. 
and I'll do it because he told me to do it. Somebody else would say, no, 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 you don't do nothing like that now. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't go show a fool of yourself. Just, just, just wait a little bit. But that ain't what God said. So we have to trust him, y'all, in the midst of our situation to say, God, I trust you now. I'm going to stop here and let Teresa come up here because I'm talking about giving. And I'm talking about how sometimes you can have a fear of not giving. So I'm going to let her give her testimony to let you know how God moved in her life when she let go. This is living an abundant life, y'all, because you got to learn to let go of what you have and doing what the word tells us to do. So, Teresa, I'm going to let you share that part. And then I'm going to let um, Apostle share her part and trust in God with where you are and what you have. Um, with a fear of giving, I did have a fear of giving for a long time. I was sitting back there, and it was reminding me of how I used to be. I used to be one that write down every bill, know how much I'm going to get. I would just write down everything, write down every bill, how much it was, know how much was going out, how much I was going to have back, and just trusting in me and what I had and not trusting God, and I had a fear of giving. Um, I remember when I first came and we had to give into different um, things. I wanted to give, but I didn't know what I had. And like Apostle was saying, being under a good leader, you know, we learn what we have and we learn to follow. We learn to walk by faith and not by sight and trust God. Um, and I remember one time I wanted to give, I wanted to give, I wanted to give, and I just didn't have it. I didn't see it. I had it, and I was like, I want to give, I want to give, but I didn't have it, and I would say, I don't have it, I don't have it, but my heart wanted to give it, um, and I remember calling Apostle because I felt so bad, and I was like, Apostle, I really want to, but I just don't have it. And she encouraged me, and I remember Apostle saying, and even in teachings, but I remember her saying, um, you, you have it. But sometimes we can tell people things like listening through the teachings, but it has to click with you. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, Apostle tells us that we have it. She was telling me I had it. I can tell you you have it. I can tell you you have it. But until it clicks in you, you can't really get it. You have to get it for yourself. Um, so it started to click in and I, I remember praying and asking God, okay, God, I, I have it, but I just don't see it. I needed understanding. I needed to see what I couldn't see. And I started praying and I remember he took me to, um, Malachi, no, first in Deuteronomy, um, about speaking the blessings. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower. And I just read that and got so much understanding, and it was just in me, and I just started quoting it. And then in um, Malachi about um, giving, um, yeah, bring your into the storehouse. And the, how that clicked was, okay. If I bring my goods into the storehouse, the storehouse is for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So if I'm giving into the kingdom, God is blessing me by giving to his people 
you know, given into the kingdom and it's going to be distributed from the kingdom to whoever needs it because he knows the need. And I just stood on it and I started walking in it. I started believing in it. And the more I heard it, the more I did it, I was delivered from that fear of giving. It was a fear of um, lack, a fear of not having enough of me being left out, not being able to do, but it was a fear of giving. And I thank God for that. And even, I shouldn't tell this, but even sometimes, I like Foster, sometimes I just be looking for something to do, looking for something to give somebody. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm in a store, if somebody's in front of me or behind me, I just, Pay for their stuff. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but they can do the rest. Or pay for that car, that gas, that car that's coming behind me. This is something on their gas. I don't know what they got, but it's going to help. Um, and even walking by faith, um, when I came up the other Sunday, just listening to Apostle. And Sister Loretta, she was playing with me when I got back. She said, give me that money. I said, <laughs> and I was going to give it to her. But it was already, I was going to give it to Miss Loretta, but then I was sitting there, and he showed me something. And then I think, um, what's his name? Mitch. Mitch said, where that money at? Why you didn't give me that money? I said, it's already gone. But I hadn't left church yet, but it was gone. <laughs> so it was, I did what God was showing me to do with it. Give, give, um, yeah, Apostle Mike. I want to say this dealing with Malachi, y'all, so we'll understand. Back under the Old Testament, God's giving have not stopped up under the new, but under the old in Malachi 3, the reason why God was saying what he was saying, because what they did, what they supposed to have brought to the storehouse to help out the priests, mm -hmm. the ones that was in there um, taking care of God's um, temple, the tabernacle, they were not giving them their part, so they had to go out, those Levites, Levites, and work. So that means that the temple was left unattended to. So God was letting them know, you giving me stuff that you should not be giving me that's not perfect before me. So this is why God said you are cursed with the curse. We're not cursed no more because of Jesus Christ. So I want you to understand, you got to understand why this was put in Malachi. Some preachers use that to make people pay their tithes. I don't use that to make people pay their tithes. When you know him, you will give. You don't have to wait on no pastor to tell you what to give and how to give because you don't give grudgingly. You don't give out of necessity. You give from the heart. And when your heart is right before God, you're going to come out of a dollar bill. You're going to go past a dollar bill because God's going to tell you, come out of your comfort zone. I want you to give this. He based 10% to give them a guideline. But when you give from your heart, it can be above 10%. So when Teresa was bringing that in the storehouse, God gave it to her like that, not even speaking a curse on Teresa. He just gave her the part that he wanted to give Teresa. So remember, don't let people tell you you're cursed because you ain't paying your tithes. Jesus paid the price for the curse that was up under the law. But we give because we love God. And we love God because we know that God first loved us. When you put him first, everything else is taken care of. I'm a living witness, apostle. I guess my testimony is like twofold about healing as well as financial prosperity. Um, 
I think the one thing that really has made a difference in my life is the scripture that says, I would that you would be in good health and prosper, even as your soul prosper. And I come to realize um, more so now than ever since I've been here at Miracle Temple that my soul was not prospering the way it needed to because I had all this stuff built up in a way, some stuff I couldn't see. Um, but Apostle helped me see it. <laughs> and But anyway, to make a long story short, as I began to move stuff out of the way so that God could do a work in me, then I began to see healing in my body. Uh, when I was on the way down here, when I moved here uh, a little over three years ago, uh, I did give that testimony how I was seeing double vision. I'd had a stroke. I had all this stuff going on in my body. I wasn't supposed to be walking according to what the doctor said. You know, they were telling me my toes going to fall off. You're going blind. I mean, just all type of stuff. But I spoke it right back on them. I said, no, your toes are going to fall off and you're going blind. Because <laughs> I wasn't receiving that. But my soul was not prospering the way it should have been. But when I got in position and I began to receive the word the way it was spoken, things begin to open up. Things begin to prosper. My health is like, in my opinion, 100% because I'm on no medication. When I, when I was living in Michigan, I think I was on what, about six different medications, pain pills, diabetes pills, high blood pressure pills, insulin shots, uh, all type of stuff. You know, and I said, God, this ain't right. And so I had to find out what was going on and why is not the word manifested in my body the way that it's supposed to be according to the word. And so when I began to realize that that scripture means you will prosper in every area, even as your soul prosper. So that caused me to take a, a look at the inside of me to find out if this ain't happening, this ain't happening, this ain't happening. It's something wrong with your soul. Mm -hmm. It's something going on that you need to take care of. And by God's grace, I've been letting him take care of a whole lot of stuff. As far as finances, I've always been a giver. I've always wanted to give. And I always said, God, make me a blessing to be a blessing. You know, bless me so I can bless other people. I remember um, when um, I first moved down here, when I was in transitions with my job, I think like one check was like $300. And I was like, oh, Jesus, that ain't even like three bills in my household. <laughs> so anyway, I never stopped giving. I never stopped giving because... You know, I believe what the word says, you know, you give and it shall be given, you know, but not only that, you give out of your heart and That's what, right. you know, God wants you to do. And so being consistent in my giving, even when it wasn't there, I mean, sometimes I would not have anything when my check came and, you know, one time I went and borrowed some money so I could give. I said, can I borrow that? I need to, you know, and it happened. I gave, but God has been steadily increasing my finances from this year, from last year to this year, it's been phenomenal where I am financially now. It's just like it blows my mind. It, it really does. I'm like three times more uh, than where I was last year financially. And it's all God. It's all God. And my desire is to keep giving to the kingdom of God, continue to prosper and be in good health, even as my soul prospers. Because in my opinion, if your soul ain't prospering, That's right. then it's going to be an issue. And it's going to show up in your physical life. It's going to show up in your spiritual life, your financial life, and your body. So we have to get to the root of why our soul ain't prospering. Then everything else, as Apostle teaches, will fall into alignment. Amen. Don't turn it off, Apostle. Sister Nice, you get the mic next. I'm going to wrap this up because I know everybody is, is ready for the wrap-up. But I want to say this. Everything that they have said, and that is one of the scriptures where... 
Um, John said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you should prosper, even as your be in good health and prosper, even as your soul prosper. Soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. We're three part being spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is already prospered in every area of your life. That's the part of you that got born again. When you said, I do, your spirit is the real you. That's the part of you that have everything there that you need. But in order to connect to the spirit, to connect to what the spirit has, your soul has to prosper. Meaning that you have to renew your mind. And how do you renew your mind? Being not, tra- being not conformed to this world. Conform means you're not going after the patterns of this world, the way the world does things. But your mind is being transformed. It's being changed by being renewed according to the word of God. So the more you go into the word in every area, y'all, not just in finances, not just in um, your body, but in every situation, you going into the word of God, you can live an abundant life through his word. So whatever you got going on in your life, when you renew your mind, guess what happens? Your mind begin to connect with the spirit because as it get down into your heart, then your body begin to react to what the spirit has. Y'all is so good. What the spirit has already provided for you. And just like apostles say, if your soul ain't prospering, you ain't going to be in good health. You're not going to live that abundant life. You're not going to um, have what you need in your house because you're still trying to do it. When you let go, then God will begin to move in your life. But you've got to be willing to lay it down and say, God, some areas of my life, it's not prosperous. The Bible, this is what God told Joshua. God told Joshua that if he would observe to do everything that's written in the word of God, that means meditating on it day and night, observing to do it, then you shall prosper. Isn't that awesome? Then you shall have good success. You can't do it outside of the word. So if you're not in the word and doing what the word tell you to do, you're not going to live this abundant life because you are quick and you are made alive by the word of God. So everything you need is in the word. And when you go in that word, you should be looking for transformation. You should say, I'm coming out change. I'm coming out whole. I'm coming out delivered. I'm coming out living this Zoe life that I need to live. Nothing or no one should be above him, y'all. So we need to do a check and say, Lord, what have I put above you? What am I making God above you? These high places, we got to bring them down. If you don't trust God with your money, that means you don't trust God. That means that you're saying, God said, I want you to be a faithful steward. Everything we have, y'all, is his. What does the Bible say? The earth is the Lord and the fullness and the world and all that what? He owned what? He owned everything. But guess what he did? He laid it in our hands. He put it in our hands. He said, I want you to, I'm going to trust you with this until I come. Some people he can trust with more. Some people he can't trust with a lot because he said, you ain't even faithful over the little that I have given you. So it's time for us to search ourselves and say, first of all, do I know you the way I need to know you, God? Is my relationship with you the way it need to be that no matter what you ask me to do, God, I'm willing to do it? If we do that and do inventory and really ask the Holy Spirit, am I living this abundant life that I need to live outside of my bank account? He will answer you. He will show you where you are, but we have to get rid of self. Now, dealing with giving, this lady right here, Sister Denise, when I first met Sister Denise, Sister Denise was on fire for the Lord. She wanted everything the Lord wanted her to have, and she was so upset. She said, I just want to 
pay my tithes, Apostle. I just want to give. I want to give. But at the time, my husband was not there yet. But she was still willing to do it. She said, you know, he's over the finances. I said, okay, you know, let him continually be over the finances. And I'm going to let y'all, her tell you about that to help somebody. Well, when I first came to Miracle Temple, my husband, I was saved, but my husband, he was saved too. But Todd didn't want some of the things that we really did, me and my husband. We knew the tithe, but we didn't really know the understanding of tithe. I say I didn't know. So when I came here, Apostle was teaching on tithing and giving, and that's what you're supposed to do. It's like I was really beginning to get a relationship with God. So when I would get my check, I would want the tithe off of my check, take God's off first. But my husband, he would say, you know, we got to, you know, we got to pay our bills. We got to do this. So Apostle said, well, don't you have some income? I mean, don't you get a little, don't you get allowance? I said, yeah. She said, tithe off of that. So then I began to do that. I began to tithe off of what I had. And doing that, my husband saw that I was talking to him. I said, well, baby, I just tithe off of whatever you give me, you know, whatever I have. And I began to look at every little thing. And then my husband, he came and he said, well, baby, you know, you want to tie it off your money? You tie it off your money. So I started then tithing off my money. It's like God was touching his heart, you know, because he knew the desires of my heart. And then we all became givers because when I was a sinner, anybody asked me for anything and glory can vouch for this, I would give them the clothes off of my back. I always gave to people. So when I became saved, I wanted to give even more because God is all about giving. And when you give into the Lord and you move when he say move and you do what he say do, oh, he's going to take care of you. Now, when it comes to giving, I'm very strong in that area. But there's other areas that I'm weak in where my husband is strong in. But when it comes to giving... When God tell me to give, I give, I give, I give, I ask, I ask, I ask. Sometimes I don't have to give and God will tell me to give and then I'm left with nothing. But it's, it's to the point now it don't even bother me. A lot of people might look at me and might look at my husband and think we have, but we don't. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. We understand that if you take care of God's kingdom, he's going to take care of you. And even through at work, when we have events coming up, I go out and I ask people, and it's so easy for them to give in to me. And sometimes when they give me a big amount, I say, God, look at you. I said, look how you use me, God. And it, it makes me so exciting because one time I felt like I wasn't worth anything. The way I came up, I was always kind of like the black sheep. And I never thought God could use somebody like me. Even in churches that I have been through, I was kind of hurt because I felt like, you know, people were better than me. I didn't know the word like them. But I've learned God meets you where you at. That's right. And when he meets you where you at and he know your heart and he see your heart and he know your heart desires, long as you keep him first and put him first, you have everything you need. He will not leave you or forsake you. 
So today with prosperity, it's not about money. Amen. You got to be well-rounded and be complete in him. Amen. And you are complete in everything you need. Amen. Amen. So that's what prosperity is about. And she mentioned the last part of it, knowing that you complete in him. That means you filled up to the brim. Everything you need is in him. So when we trust him, y'all, we're not afraid to give. We're not afraid of the things that come hit us in life because we know we have a father who's already provided everything that we need. Get to know him. Develop your relationship with him. Put him first. And I'm telling you, as you put him first, nothing else that's going on in the world matters because you know who take care of you. You know who's watching over you. You know where everything comes from. It comes from him. And it's already in us. So when we begin to stir up what we already have, do y'all know y'all are walking around with everything you need? It's in you. And some people be like, well, when I ain't got no money, guess what happened? You begin to speak. Money coming to my house. Because you know who you serve. Lord, I have more than enough. I'm a lender and not a borrower. I'm above and not beneath. God, you have blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are my shepherd. I shall not lack, not in one area. I do have abundance and no lack. So, God, I thank you that I have it right now. God, I don't have to wait on it, but I have it right now. And then when you begin to go about your business, all of a sudden you walk up somewhere and somebody say, you know what, I've been looking for you because you went where God told you to go. And they say, I have something for you. And guess what God do? He don't only give you the need. He give you over the need. Why? Because he said, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask to think according to the power that worketh within you. God has put a power on the inside of you. And that is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So if you do not have it, it's because you're not speaking those things that be not as though they were. You speaking what you already, it's already yours in heaven but you're bringing it down here to earth. And as you begin to speak, guess what, Teresa? Those angels, they go out and they deliver the word that you're speaking. And they're whispering in somebody ear, and they're saying, I want you to go bless Teresa today. So they not only go bless Teresa, but as they bless Teresa, Teresa's saying, that's more than I need. So I'm going to go ahead and bless Sister Loretta. And Sister Loretta said, that's more than I asked for. So Sister Loretta said, I'm going to go bless Monica. And instead, He want overflow in our lives. That's what it's supposed to be. So don't be discouraged today. It's time for us to have a fresh start and say, God, where am I? And living this abundant life for you. God, I want to do what you will have me to do. And outside of that, God, I'm not going to do anything. This prosperity um, meeting was not about trying to get money from people. It was trying, it's trying to teach people what you already have in him. You have everything in him. You are complete in him. And it's time for us as Christians to let the world know who we are now that we're in him. You know, even leaving tips on a table. Sometimes God might tell you to leave a $50 tip. Can we do it? Actually, if I leave a $50 tip, my son going to look around and see if I'm gone and pick it up probably. <laughs> He'd probably be saying, my mama didn't mean to leave that. Let me, let me get that off that table. <laughs> But I'm just joking. But I'm telling you, this is what we supposed to do. You know why? This is how we witness it for Christ. Can you imagine a waitress? You leaving $50 and she just began to cry. 
and say, you know what? That's what I was lacking. I was lacking about $40 to pay my rent. And then this was more than enough to do what I need to do. And then you look at it and you say, that's because God loved you. God heard you. Come on, y'all. You're revealing his glory. That's what we supposed to do. And guess what? That was your last 50. But you looking like a, a millionaire. And then you gave your last 50 and then you go home and guess what? You open the mailbox and then you see a $500 check. Come on, ain't God good? Because you, and some people say, well, that check was on its way anyway. See, people, that's just how the world think, y'all. We supposed to be set aside. We supposed to be different. When I walk in a room, I want them to see Jesus and not me. And that's how we supposed to be. That's what living a prosperous life is all about. And right now I'm going to cut it off because I know we've been here for a while. But y'all, I have a, a whole lot of stuff. I'm going to let you go ahead and eat and enjoy what we have today. And I pray that the little that you did learn, it will help you to understand that you don't have to do it yourself no more. Allow him to work through you. And as he worked through you, you will see things change in your life. Because y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Me and my husband, to come off jobs and not depend on man, but depend on God. It's been working for 17 years. And I wouldn't tell you no lie. Yeah, it's been times when things would get hard. I'm like, well, Lord, do you want me to go back to work? And the scripture that my daddy had given me a long time ago, those who have left, mother, father, sister, brother, lands, and all of this for my sake, they shall receive now in this lifetime a hundredfold. And that scripture keep popping back up even when times don't look like it's looking right. I said, God, I'm going to still trust you because I, if I can't trust you, who can I trust? And that's when things begin to turn around. See, that's why you got to trust him, y'all, because it's getting a time now. Um, people that people trust is leaving. Doctors are dying that people put their trust in to get them medication. They're dying. People that you wouldn't think that would die early is dying. So this is why you got to put your trust so much in him that when somebody do leave this life, you can still go on because your trust was in him from the beginning to the end. So that's what it takes to live an abundant life. So I thank God for you coming out today and for what God has spoken and is yet more to come. And prayerfully, we'll try to get the rest in because I believe the more we renew our mind, even with what we have, the better we get. That's, that's what happens to me. The more I go back in there, I'm like, wow, God. I didn't see that the first time. That's mine. Thank you, Jesus. I can have that. So I'm sharing with you what I have learned. And, and I believe my life reflected, if Miracle Temple know, it reflects what God is doing. Because I don't just tell you something just to get something. Because we didn't charge nobody anything to come up in here and get it. Because I believe that when your heart is open, you'll be willing to give. Amen. Not grudgingly, not out of necessity, but what the spirit of the Lord asks you to give. It's a heart thing, y'all. It's about the heart. We give God glory. Sister Nish, you have something else? Right here, we're going to uh, ask the deacons to come up and we're going to take up an offering. Then after the offering, we're going to give away a gift basket. Amen.